Hello, and welcome to the Renew Your Thinking podcast series. In a world filled with many different viewpoints and opinions, these podcasts will examine issues, current events, historical events, and cultural movements, all in the light of God's Word. Our goal is to help you as you seek to love and serve God with your whole heart, soul, and mind. In this first series of stories, we will study about some significant historical figures. In the next nine podcasts, we'll talk about women in the Old Testament, specifically the women who were the ancestors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, there was a long line of women who came before Jesus in his family tree. But we'll focus on the stories of the women who are named in the Bible, starting with Eve, then Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, and we will finish the series with Jesus' mother, Mary. While telling these women's stories, we'll be taking a trip through the Old Testament. We will see how they fit into God's plan of redemption through His Son, Jesus Christ. Each woman's story is unique and interesting. What they share in common, besides being ancestors of Jesus, is that they were all faithful women. We'll always read the stories directly from the scriptures to avoid confusion and misinformation. I'll be reading from the New International Version of the Bible for those who are following along. The first ancestor of Jesus was, of course, Eve. Many generations passed, and God made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham married Sarah, the second of the name foremothers of Jesus. Abraham and Sarah had one son, Isaac. Isaac married Rebekah, and they had two sons, Esau and Jacob. There was trouble between the sons. Jacob tricked Esau out of the hereditary blessing that Esau should have had as the firstborn son. Esau vowed to take revenge on Jacob. He chose to wait until their father, Isaac, died and then killed Jacob. Rebekah feared for Jacob's life and arranged for him to leave to go to the home of her family until Esau cooled off. Jacob left for Haran to stay with Rebekah's brother Laban, but as we shall see, he did not return for many years. In our last session, we left Rebekah gazing into the distance while her beloved son Jacob took off for Haran. She was hoping that Jacob would get to the home of her brother Laban and find a wife for himself and then return quickly, but she never saw Jacob again. Some years later, we're not sure how long, Rebekah died before Jacob ever returned home. We're told in Genesis 49, 30, and 31 that she was buried in Hebron in the cave at Machpelah where Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and later Jacob and Leah were all buried. Today, the place is known as the Tomb of the Patriarchs. So following his mother Rebekah's advice, Jacob left for Haran. Along the way, he had a dream at the place that would later become known as Bethel, the house of God. He promised God that he would serve him and continued on his way to Haran. You can read about this in Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 22. When Jacob arrived in the territory of Haran, he saw some men taking care of their sheep. He found out that they were from the city of Haran and that they knew Laban. 
Jacob began to question these men. He was glad to find out that he was near the home of Laban. Let's turn to the Bible now to read this story, starting in Genesis 29, verse 9. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his uncle Laban, and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. Rachel ran home to tell her father about Jacob. When Laban heard about Jacob, he invited him to stay in his home. Laban welcomed his nephew into his home and hired Jacob to be his sheep herder. Continue with me at Genesis 29, verse 16. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter Rachel. While in Haran at the home of Laban his uncle, Jacob asked to marry Rachel. Laban told Jacob that he should work for seven years and then he could marry Rachel. This was a huge dowry, since in those days, the wages of a sheep herder for just one year was probably enough for the normal dowry price. Jacob was so in love, he willingly labored for seven years, later claiming that it only felt like a few days. He was really looking forward to his wedding. The wedding ceremony was held, and Jacob thought he was marrying Rachel, but... Turn to Genesis 29:23. When evening came, he, Laban, took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? On Jacob's wedding night, he received a shock. Who was the bride that was actually brought to his tent as part of the traditional ceremony? It was Leah, the firstborn daughter of Laban. Jacob was told that the custom was for the firstborn daughter to be married first. Laban required another seven years of service from Jacob. Jacob was allowed to marry Rachel and then serve Laban for the seven years. Leah loved her husband, but Jacob only loved Rachel. Jacob finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. And Jacob had to work seven more years to clear his debt. Leah was a virtuous woman, but not nearly so pretty as her sister. We're not sure what made Leah so unattractive or homely, the Bible says she had weak eyes. We have no idea if there was any disfigurement or if her eyes just weren't as dazzling as the eyes of her beautiful sister. But in spite of Leah's godly characteristics, Jacob loved only Rachel. Continuing at verse 31, When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive but Rachel remained childless. So God blessed Leah with a child, 
This was a comfort to her, and she hoped her husband would love her for it. Each wife had received a gift of a servant girl. Laban gave Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. He gave Bilhah to his daughter Rachel for her maid. Both of these maids would also become mothers of some of the twelve patriarchs of Israel. It is difficult for us to imagine how a family could be happy when there are two wives competing for the love of the husband. In those days it was not uncommon for men to have more than one wife in order to be sure to have heirs. It was also acceptable for a wife to give her servant to her husband to get children. Recall that Sarah gave her maid Hagar to Abraham. Since Abraham did not say no, he must have thought it was acceptable too. Now, Abraham and Sarah's child, Isaac, was the child of the promise. Ishmael received no part in the family inheritance. But in the case of Leah and Rachel, the sons born to their maids, Bilhah and Zilpah, were loved and cherished and recognized along with their own natural-born sons. Sarah did not allow her servant's son to be treated as her own was, from Genesis 16. But in Jacob's family, all of the children were recognized as legitimate heirs. This is pretty amazing. It did not matter that there were four mothers involved, and, in fact, all four mothers worked together to care for each other and the children. Though Leah was sad that her husband loved Rachel more than her, Leah thought that Jacob would come to love her in time, especially as she gave him sons. In the early years of their marriage, Leah bore Jacob three sons, hoping each time that Jacob would regard her with more love. Continuing at Genesis 29, 32-34. After Reuben was born to Leah, she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. After Simeon was born, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. And after Levi was born, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. She named him Levi, and his name means attached. It was no use. Jacob still loved Rachel. By the time her fourth son, Judah, meaning praise, was born, Leah had given up on ever having Jacob's love and turned to God for her consolation. God also graciously gave Leah a daughter, Dinah, and two more sons through her maid, Zilpah, seven children in all. Even after all of this, Jacob favored Rachel. But Leah had learned to trust and depend on God. She was praising the Lord for His goodness to her. God loved Leah and blessed her for her faithfulness. Leah would be the foremother in the line of succession to the Lord Jesus Christ through her son, Judah. Eventually, God remembered Rachel and opened her womb. You can read this in Genesis 30, verses 22 to 24. She named the son born to her Joseph. Years later, after Jacob's family moved to Bethel, Rachel would conceive again. This time, she had a hard labor and died in childbirth. The child was named Benjamin. 
Rachel was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Jacob set up a pillar over her grave. You can read about that in Genesis 35, verses 19 and 20. Rachel had Jacob's love from the beginning. Did he love her because she was so beautiful, like his own mother Rebecca and his grandmother Sarah? On the other hand, he was human, and he wouldn't be the first man to become smitten over a pretty face. But beauty isn't everything. Rachel's relationship with her sister was affected by her jealousy when Leah conceived and she didn't. The two sisters would fight and go to extremes in order to get children. Rachel had Jacob's love, but she wanted more. She wanted to have children for herself. She even yelled at Jacob about it, and he in turn got angry with her. Rachel became bitter. Give me children or I'll die. Rachel gave Jacob her maid, Bilhah, and Jacob did as he was told and went into her. And so Bilhah, Rachel's maid, had two children. Rachel was satisfied that now she was vindicated. Sadly, the Bible does not show that Rachel prayed to God or gave him praise and thanksgiving as much as Leah did. Rachel finally had children, but it was only to please her own selfish desires. What a contrast these two sisters were. The sisters were in competition for Jacob's love. Each of the sisters would look to a different source for her consolation. Leah would look to God when she realized that she would never gain the affection she craved from her husband. Rachel would depend on her own resources. Rachel was somewhat spoiled. Leah took advantage of this and bargained with her sister Rachel for a chance to have some time with her husband. Knowing of Rachel's love for mandrakes, she took the opportunity to make a deal. Rachel went along with the deal, secure in her love of her husband. Leah told Jacob of the bargain, and he slept with her that night. God heard Leah's plea and blessed her with another son, Issachar. Later, God blessed Leah with yet one more son, Zebulon, giving her a total of six sons. What a long way those mandrakes went! Leah's servant Zilpah bore two more sons, Gad and Asher. Later, when Leah had her husband's attention one more time, the result would be Dinah. Rachel, Leah, Bilhah, and Zilpah eventually bore twelve sons and one daughter to Jacob. Leah was the mother of Jacob's only daughter, Dinah. Imagine having twelve brothers. Time went by, and Jacob prospered mightily, thanks to his innovating way of dealing with Laban's flocks. You can read how Jacob amassed wealth for himself in Genesis 30, verses 15 to 43. One day, God told Jacob it was time for him to pack up the family and go back to Canaan. Jacob told the news to his wives. Though Leah and Rachel quarreled, when it came to important family matters, the sisters stuck together. Turn to Genesis 31, verse 14 to see their response. Then Rachel and Leah replied, Do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? 
Not only has he sold us, but he used up what was paid for us. The sisters worked together to support their husband and provide for their children. They knew they would be moving away from the only home they had ever known. For all they knew, they'd never see their father again. But they had a large family to enjoy life with. They had a long journey, and it must have been arduous for Jacob's family of more than 30 people, along with numerous servants, animals, and household goods. Along the way, they encountered a possible danger when Jacob had to meet with his offended brother Esau. God blessed them through that ordeal, and they moved back into what would become known as the Promised Land. They settled in Shechem and began their day-to-day family life. It wasn't always ideal, as there was trouble with the Canaanites, but eventually they moved again. After this, God told Jacob to move to Bethel. This is the place where Jacob built an altar to God and where God changed Jacob's name to Israel. We're not sure when Leah died, but it was sometime before Jacob. In Genesis 49:31, Jacob says that he buried Leah in the cave at Machpelah. He was also later buried there with Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and Rebekah. And so Leah has the honor of being buried in the cave of the patriarchs. Leah is not a particularly favorite character in the Bible, but she gave birth to six sons who would become half of the tribes of Israel. Her son Judah would be the ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this unloved woman was used by God to be part of his plan of salvation for the whole world. Leah's story is encouraging for all who feel that they are very little in God's kingdom. God chooses whom he will bless, and we can be sure that his plans are perfect. Our only job is to be faithful with what he has given us. The story of Leah is the fourth of our sessions about the female ancestors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us next time when we continue with the story of Tamar, the unexpected ancestress of the Lord Jesus. We value your input. Be sure to share your thoughts with us by commenting on the podcast. Also, invite your friends to listen in as well by sharing this podcast on social media.